West Country Track Records on Radio X with Stephen Scone, the number one law firm for business. Hello and welcome to West Country Track Records on Radio X. We're made in Devon all day, every day, and like many things, people and organisations, we're proud to be part of the best place in the world, the South West. I'm Paul Nero. Over the next few weeks, we're finding out about some of the region's success stories in food and drink, in industry, sport, business. Today it's dance. And we're looking at the people behind them, what makes them tick and tap their feet, the music as well as the stories. And today... We've got Anne Walker, MBE from International Dance Supplies. In a nutshell, Anne, what's International Dance Supplies? International Dance Supplies is the company that I started a long time ago now. It's grown to an international dancewear supplier um, based in Newton Abbott, employing around 80 people um, and with a multi-million pound turnover. So it's exactly what it says on the tin, supplying things for dance. Correct, Uh, internationally. I'm not much of a dancer. We've seen Strictly Come Dance. All I can see in dance supplies are, are, I don't know, ballet shoes and sparkly dresses. What's what's the nub of the business? Um, Well, just that, really. Um, Ballet shoes, leotards, all different sorts of dance, mostly for theatre dance. So ballet shoes, tap shoes, um, and leotards, costumes, accessories, and equipment as well, because primarily we're selling to the dance teacher market, and we're really selling everything that a dance teacher needs in order to run her school, to run her shows, to uh, to support her children during exams. So this must start as a, a passion as a little girl, I imagine. Tell me something about the start of your empire. It did. Um, it started when I was eight years old, and my mother took me to see the ballet, The Sleeping Beauty, and I absolutely fell in love with ballet. It became my hobby almost straight away, and of course, then it became my life, and it it really is still my passion today. When um, I pestered my mother to send me to dancing classes, and I kind of knew straight away that I wanted to be a dance teacher, so I didn't really want to be a performer. I knew I wanted to pass my passion on to other students, and so age 16 I left school and by the age of 17 I'd started my own dance school. Let's come back to the age of eight though because it's unusual for somebody who's very young to say I want to be a teacher rather than I want to be a big star. I know I have I have absolutely no idea why I thought that but I just knew that I loved to encourage other people to dance and apparently I would line my friends up in the house and teach them ballet steps I dread to think what I was Whether they doing want, wanted to or not Indeed and I've no idea what I was doing so uh, but but I knew that that's what I wanted to do So tell me about this first visit to Sleeping Beauty Well clearly it was a very long time ago um it I'd actually been taken for a friend's birthday it it was a very magical time for me to go and see the first ballet. And I just remember being absolutely transfixed by the music and by the magic that I saw on stage. From Sleeping Beauty, Tchaikovsky, The Rose Adagio, it's West Country Track Records on Radio X with Anne Walker from International Dance Supplies. Tell me something about that piece of music. Well, for me, it's so evocative of my memories of being a little girl and being completely in awe of the dancers on stage and the magic that that was taking place on stage. And those Tchaikovsky 
ballets, uh, many young people's first introduction to ballet. What yeah. is it that captures the imagination of young people from the Tchaikovsky? Well, I think the music has just got so much soul and passion in it. And they are traditional ballet. So the dancers wear ballet dresses and they look like dancers. They're dancing on point. It's all beautiful and just like a ballet perhaps should be in a you know, it's a fairy. It's a fairy story too, isn't it? A fairy tale. So here you are. You're 16 or 17, and and you've been dancing now for seven or eight years. You don't want to be a dancer, but you do want to be a dance teacher. What do you do next? Well, um, I went to a convent. Uh, I was convent educated in Liverpool, and when I told the nuns uh, that I wanted to leave school at 16 and go into the dance profession, of course, it was looked on with complete and utter shock and horror. Um, however, I sort of battled through. Even, even ballet and classical dance and that oh, kind of thing. Yes. You're, you're, yeah. you're not telling the nuns that you're going <laughs> clubbing. <laughs> no, no, but it, it, was, it was still not the thing to do. Um, and it wasn't particularly the thing to do to leave school at 16 either. I was expected to go, in, go into further education. So, but um, I had the support of my mother. Um, so I left school at 16, went to a full-time vocational dance college and from then needed to support myself, really, in order to get through the expense that is dance training. And so I thought, actually, if I'm going to be a dance teacher, the best thing to do to earn some extra money is to start some dance classes. And so, age 17, I had a local church hall and started my classes. So this is the entrepreneurial side of you coming out at the age of 17. When you say you had mm. a church hall, mm. you hired a church hall, presumably. Mm. Money is changing hands by this time. Uh, yes, indeed. And yep. how does this feel? Mm. Well, it just, it, it was what I felt I had to do in order, it was a means to an end. So if I wanted to pay for the dance training, then I needed to get on and do it. And so I did. So you're in Liverpool. You're, yes. not, a, you're not a West Country person. I'm not. I uh, was born in Liverpool. How did you end up here? Uh, my husband is from Devon. And so I had my school in Liverpool. But um, when I got married for five years, I commuted between Liverpool and my school and Devon and my new home. And after five years of travelling by cars and trains and goodness knows what else I decided enough was enough and I moved to the West Country. By this time though it's a school it's not you in a village hall or a church no. hall or something no. so what is the transition between hiring a hall and becoming a school? Uh, well gradually um, after the first hall I then had several other halls until eventually I was teaching every night of the week and but my my dream and my goal was to have my own premises, so which I rented. By the age of 21, I'd got my own dance school, my own studios, so I moved all the classes into the one central school and then outgrew that, so found a bigger premises, and the school grew, from, went from strength to strength. We're with the founder of International Dance Supplies in Newton Abbott, Anne Walker, MBE. So, Anne, you're a Liverpool girl... And that's you know, John Lennon, a Liverpool boy. Absolutely. Tell me what the Beatles meant in your early years. Oh, well, of course, they were such an important part, really, of my um, my early years. Growing up in Liverpool, it was an amazing place to be in the 50s and 60s. And music was just everywhere. And it, 
it was everything, and the Beatles in particular, you know, the, the heyday, the explosion of the Beatles and the heyday of the Beatles. It's just an amazing time to be in Liverpool. It must have been quite a busy time for you. There you are, you're in Liverpool now with a flourishing little business. You're married, you're commuting from Devon to Liverpool. How do you keep all these balls going? Um, I have no idea, really. When I look back, I have no idea how I managed to keep the, the school going, the, the fledgling dancewear business, and and the commuting. But I think you just do. You just get on with it. Um, and I suspect that's probably what makes an entrepreneur. Because uh, the the dancewear business grew out of the dancing school. The leotards that my students wore were, were horrible. I go back a very long time. We predate Lycra, of course. And so the leotards weren't nice. They didn't fit. And um, basically, a friend who made cost- the costumes for my shows, she and I decided one day we could probably make leotards to fit my students better than you could buy. And so we drew around her daughter, literally. We drew around the child on... Yeah, lie on the floor. Uh, and, exactly. Yeah. And we drew, like made, one of those bodies at the murder scene. Indeed, yeah. exactly that. And we made um, a pattern out of um, the, a newspaper. And that leotard was called Hazel after this child whose name was Hazel. And actually, if you look through the IDS catalogue... Even today, there is still a leotard in there called Hazel because all the leotards in the early days were named after my students. And at this point, are you thinking, I want to grow a business here or I am a teacher and we put on shows and I just want the girls to feel a little bit more comfortable? Yes, the latter. Um, I certainly wasn't thinking... I believed that the business I was going to grow was my dance school. Um, We were making costumes and leotards for, for shows, but, of course, all my friends were dance teachers, so they would come to my shows and say, oh, wow, I love the leotards, where did you buy them? And I'd say, we made them. And then they would say, can you make some for me? And, of course, the answer was yes. And was the answer yes? Or was the answer, well, I could, but it's just me and my friend. And Oh, no, uh, the answer was yes. How are you going to do it, though? Well, uh, we roped in absolutely anybody and everybody. It's always a bit perilous having me for a friend because you do tend to get drawn into um, things that are going on. And some of my senior students, we taught them how to cut leotards and we actually manufactured everything originally from a friend's attic bedroom on a domestic sewing machine. But then eventually um, I borrowed £50 from my uh, ever-supportive and long-suffering mother and I bought a very ancient industrial overlocker which is a sewing machine for stretch fabrics and um, that sort of set us off then into production we still have that uh, overlocker today it's not in use anymore but it is in the reception area of IDS headquarters and Walker is the founder of International Dance Supplies. I want to talk a little about the West Country and your transition there. I'm, um, I'm a northerner. I came from Yorkshire. It's quite a transition when you first end up in Devon. And some of it is positive, the weather, the, the people. Uh, some of it is perhaps not so positive. You, you, you just feel a long way from home. Well, the positives certainly outweigh the negatives. Um, it's a fabulous place to live and to work and I wouldn't go back to Liverpool for anything except for the people. I miss the sense of humour, I miss the passion for life and the pace of life. Um, But coming to the West Country just gives you so many more options and opportunities. What do you do at weekends when you're not working? Well, for many years, there was simply no answer to that because I always worked. But now that I have got a little bit more free time, we've got a big garden, which is overlooking the sea. So we spend a lot of time working in the garden. And my husband and I both like to walk um, around the coast and 
by the sea. We love to go to places like Solcombe, at Dartmouth, Brixham, places like that. And your company is based at Newton Abbott. How it did is. you choose Newton Abbott? Well, originally we were in Dawlish when I first um, moved here. We were actually called Harlequin Dancewear at that time. Um, and we were on a tiny little industrial unit in Dawlish, which I rented from somebody. It really was very small, although I had two options. When I first saw them, there was one unit that was... Um, just a simple single unit which was £25 a week and there was a bigger unit which was £35 a week but that had a separate office and on the office door there was a sign that said manager and so I looked at them both and decided I'd have the bigger unit. My husband who came to look at them with me said why on earth are you going to pay £10 more a week and I said because I need a separate office I'm going to be the manager but of course I was actually the only employee the time I was doing everything but I I knew soon that actually we would have more people and sure enough we outgrew that very very quickly we took on the other unit as well um, and then gradually we took on more of the building then we bought our own premises in Dawlish and outgrew that and eventually we needed to move somewhere where the the work catchment area was going to be easier and better and so Newton Abbott was the obvious choice. And anybody travelling down on the railway line can see you on the left hand side as you travel out of Newton Abbott. Yes so we've got um, a great building there and such great you know travel options because you are just at the end of the main road but also we've got the train on the doorstep. At what point did it seem like wow this is really taking off and how did you make it happen? Oh how I made it happen I just made it happen because each time there was an order that I needed to fulfil well, I made sure I could do it. But those orders, Anne, must have come from somewhere. Are you marketing the business by this time? Not really. I was st- it was still word of mouth through dance teachers. Um, in fact, we didn't really market the business for many, many years. It grew because of either my connections in the dance industry or teachers telling their friends. And it, that's actually how we became international originally because teachers who had bought our products in this country then went abroad to, to work and to teach. They took the catalogues, they showed it to their friends and, and it just grew exactly the same way as it had in the beginning. Let's just go back to Liverpool for a moment if we can for your next song which is Akabult Stranger on the Shore. Tell me about that. So this is just takes me back to being um, a small child with an, a very original black and white television. Um, my mother and I used to sit and watch it was in the front room which was of course unheated because you didn't heat the whole house in those days so we would put our coats on and go and sit and watch what was I believe my mother's favourite programme which was Stranger on the Shore. I can't remember the programme at all. Well I I don't think I can either. But the music is so evocative um, for me and and I I just love it. West Country Track Records in association with Stephen Scone on Radio X. We're with Anne Walker, who's the founder of International Dance Supplies. And you can see it, as we've just been saying, as you travel out of Newton Abbott uh, towards Plymouth on the railway line. So, Anne, you're starting to employ quite a large number of people. How have you found the transition from being an entrepreneur and a dance teacher to a manager with that sign on your door? Uh, well, that, it was very, very difficult, I think. I certainly hadn't got any training for it. Um, although, obviously, I'd, I'd employed dance teachers um, when I had my school. And so that had given me an insight into 
to begin to manage people. But it was something that I really struggled with. I hadn't got any experience and I didn't really know people who ran businesses. I hadn't got friends who ran a business. So um, I learned as I went on. And these people you're then beginning to manage, do they become friends or is it very much an employee based? In the, in the early days, um, some of them did become friends and actually um, have remained good friends. But some of the first people that I employ in in Dawlish still work for IDS now. Uh, So, you know, more than 20 years later, and they're still working in the business. And given that you haven't got a wide business background at this point, who's your inspiration? Uh, Chrissy Rucker from The White Company uh, was my inspiration really quite early on, because for many years I believed I was in the dancewear business. And then suddenly I realised that actually I was in the mail order business selling dancewear. And so Chrissy Rucker, uh, who had also started her company in a very small way as a solution, really, to a problem that she saw, not being able to buy nice house linens. So it was a similar kind of story that I'd created my business as a solution to what I felt was lacking in the dance industry. So Chrissy Rocker and also Jo Malone, who founded her perfumery business from her kitchen table and grew it and grew it and now runs Jo Love. Do you know these people? Have you met them or are you just Chrissy, looking from Chris, afar? Chrissy Rocker. Um, I've met and we've had conversations about how I have actually followed the progress of her business. I don't think we've ever played the Can Can on Radio X before. So from Orpheus in the Underworld, that is that very famous piece of music, Anne, and it has a connection to your career as well. It does. Um, Having started my dance school when I really was very young, um, and that was what I wanted to do, but a little bit of me did want to perform. Um, And so I I formed a semi-professional dance group of myself and two of my teachers from the dancing school and uh, we were known as Take Three and we performed locally in the Liverpool area and our dance that we became most well known for was in fact the Can Can. Many of us will know that from television I guess with the very high kicking legs. Indeed. Is it it a very (laughs) difficult one to perform? Have we seen this on Strictly Come Dancing? No, nobody does the Can Can Um, but um, yes it is high kicking and... Do you still teach? Um, I don't. I'm still very much involved in the dance industry. I'm patron of um, a fantastic group of tap dancers called Tap Attack um, who have just won the world championship in various categories in Germany and um, I also sit on the board of the Council for Dance Education and Training. So, so it sounds like you're moving away slightly from the international dance supplies business that you've built up and that's a conscious decision is it? Um, it is yes I'm still involved in the business but not at all on a day-to-day basis. I've got a fantastic managing director who's been with us for over two years now. He's doing a fantastic job taking the company into the future. And so it's enabled me to step back and to do some of the other things that I've wanted to do for a long time and haven't really had the opportunity. So you have described yourself as a a bit of a control freak. How do you keep your hands off this business that somebody else is now running, even though you're still a director? Well, I've been an incredible control freak all my life, but I have found it extremely easy. And I think that's largely due to um, Kamlish, who is my MD. He's doing a fantastic job. And I'm very, very confident in the way he is growing the business for the future. So it's made it very easy for me to step back. Plus the fact that I'd got lots of things that I had wanted to do for quite a long time and never had the time. So now I'm relishing the opportunity.
Anne Walker, MBE, is the founder of International Dance Supply. She's our guest on West Country Track Records on Radio X in association with Stephen Scott. It sounds like you have had the time of your life. Uh, I have, but actually I'm still having it. So um, I've got lots of things that I still want to do. I'm a patron of Devon Rape Crisis, of which I'm extremely proud to be involved with this uh, amazing local service. And I also run business seminars for dance teachers and an award ceremony for dance teachers. We've mentioned a number of times you've got an MBE. What's that for services for? Uh, it was for services for business. and So not dance? Not dance, no, which is brilliant, actually, because it's, it's, it's very special having had it for services to business. And I think that's simply because I have spent a lot of time trying to encourage other businesses to talk to each other, to work together, because for me in the early days of growing my business it was really really hard not having any contacts with other businesses not really having anybody to share my challenges and my um, successes with as well and so I have worked as much as I possibly can with local businesses um, trying to encourage them to work together and particularly in the dance industry trying to get the dance teachers to realise that they are actually business people and they're running businesses and enterprises rather than just something creative and artistic. Dance has become something we talk about quite a lot now as a result of Strictly Come Dancing on BBC One. Is this a a force for good, a force for evil? Oh, it's definitely a force for good. Um, And I think Billy Elliot, of course, had a huge impact on dance teachers and boys being able to take up dancing now. And I think the the greatest positive is simply that everybody now talks about dance. It's no longer elitist. It isn't seen as elitist. And I think that's a massive positive. If you're looking back on this eight-year-old girl in Liverpool, what message have you got for her about what the future will hold? Well, the message that I would definitely give her is to have a dream and to remember that you can't grow bigger than your dream. So you've got to have a big dream and keep on having another big dream and another one. And and one message that um, actually I, I've sort of stolen this really from Mary Poppins, the musical, but I think it's, um, it's something that everybody should live by. And I particularly encourage women in business to really think about this, that if you reach for the stars, all you get are the stars. If you reach for the heavens, you get the stars thrown in. Gary and the Pacemakers, and you'll never walk alone. Just tell me what this song means. I'm from Liverpool. It means everything. And I can't ever hear it without really crying because it's it's so emotional and it's so special. I think everybody in, nobody in Liverpool walks alone. You always have everybody with you and behind you. And actually, I've been lucky enough over many years to have so many people supporting me. I've only been able to grow my business because of the support that I've had from many people for a long, long time. And I'd like to turn to another piece of music, which is fame from Irene Cara. You've got a very distinct range of music from Tchaikovsky in the 1890s right up to the current day. But what was happening in the 1980s? Well, it was the fame era. And for us, it was fantastic um, because we were not just making leotards, but we were also making all sorts of legwear, so tights, leggings. And we sold leg warmers. And And this has come in because of the fame of a TV series. And all this has become... Street fashion as well as uh, to be worn in the dance studio or gyms everywhere. Everybody was wearing um, the products from fame. So it was it was boom years, actually, for 
And at this point, are you thinking, um, I am a dance supply company, or is it an opportunity then to start looking elsewhere, to be looking at gyms, what people are wearing on the streets, or is it important to have a very focused outlook on what you're doing? I think it's important to have a very focused outlook. We have always supplied um, the peripheral businesses, if you like. We've done skating, majorette, gymnastics, but actually our core business and our core customers have has been the dance teacher. It's been a delight to meet you. So, Anne, thank you very much. Thank you. West Country Track Records on Radio X with Stephen Scone, the number one law firm for business.